0: Success is actually living every day of your life purposefully or wh- what do we call it in a, in a state of fulfillment, right? And I would say the third thing also which causes me joy and happiness is just building and investing in great proximity, in great relationships, you know?
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Dental Headstart Start podcast. My name is Erica Huin, and in this month's feature we are joined by Dr. Kina Shah. Now Dr. Kina is a dentrepreneur, that is, the intersection between dentistry and entrepreneurialism. He is a business and success coach where he helps dentists and practice owners realise their full potential or, as he might say, create their destiny by design, not by default. He mentors in communication, leadership, marketing, team building, he writes books and he runs a dental practice in sydney where he focuses on implants and cosmetic dentistry now one of the things that i always try to do with the podcast is to bring on dentists from all different walks of life because something i've discovered over the years is that there are so many different facets to dentistry and so many different ways we can go but we don't know what we don't know most of us go through dental school only really seeing the clinical side of things. You know, practicing as a general dentist, specializing, academics and research. And whilst these are all phenomenal things that we are so fortunate to be doing, it's only really the tip of the iceberg. In this episode, we talk about what success is and the journey towards it, how books have played a paramount importance in Dr. Kina's life and the different non-clinical skills that are needed to go far in our career. We talk about Dentrepreneurs, which is the group Dr. Keener created to connect like-minded individuals. Individuals who have a spark in their eyes and want to go out and create and do big things for our industry. We talk about what dentrepreneurs means, where it's headed, and how we can all get involved. In Dr. Kina's words, be curious. And I hope you enjoy this episode.
2: Attention listeners of the podcast, before we jump into today's episode, I do want to bring to attention this month's charity spotlight. For those who have been listening for a while and have followed along with David's journey, You may be aware of baby Ash's passing this time last year to mark his first birthday, and that's in fact today. We are dedicating our August giving project to continue supporting the Humpty Dumpty Foundation to support neonatal care services and supply equipment to underfunded hospitals. To date, the community has raised over $28,000 and on behalf of Dental Head Start, we'll be donating an additional $1,000. If you'd like to contribute in any way, you can visit the donation page in our show notes. Fly high, baby Asher. You are helping make a world of a difference. And now I'll let Erica take it away.
1: So Dr. Kina, I kind of want to start off this conversation, you're know, just going straight into the deep end. I know you're, you know, you're you're a dentist, but you're this motivational speaker as well. You do a lot of coaching, and I want to pose a question to you. It's just, you know, what is success and how do you define it?
0: Success. So, well, it's strange because every time I coach people and I train them, it's a question that comes up every time. What is success, right? Many people have different answers to that. There's a lot of people who have not even thought about what success is, right? Thought, a lot of people define success as happiness, but happiness is an emotion. Happiness is not success, right? So I, I personally would say, first of all, I think uh, the meaning of success graduates as you age, right? And probably because I feel that as you, as you experience life more, as you experience relationships more, as you experience the actions you've taken more in your life, success gives a meaning to you. So at this age in my life is what I'm going to give you the answer, right? <laughs> um, I pretty much feel that success can be broken down into three parts, right? So if I ask people what success is, success, I mean, I mean, the first thing many people think about is is money, right? It's finance, but it's not just that. It's, it's a combination of a few things, right? But when I really broke down this meaning of success, when I had a self-reflection and I wanted to preach the word of success, I wanted to kind of get people to understand three parts to success. Number one, success, if I were to say, is having a sense of fulfillment every single day of your life. That's it. So having a sense of fulfillment every single day of life. So not having a sense of happiness, right? Fulfillment can be broken down into what? So the second part is then what is fulfillment? So fulfillment to me is broken down into happiness, into joy, into ecstasy, into utopia, into feeling great, you know, just feeling great. However, we are creatures of contrast, meaning to experience one thing, we do need to experience the other. So I would say for us to experience most of joy and happiness, we do need to understand there are times where there will be emotionally turbulent. There will be times when there will be uh, obstacles in your path, which will co- co- cause a little bit of frustration, right? There are times we might get a little bit angry here and there. So when I say success is it's a sense of fulfillment every day, they're also breaking down that the more emotion we want to have is more of joy and happiness and excitement. So, but I wouldn't say that's 100%. So, Definitely about eighty, kind of 80-20 rule or ninety ten rule, you know. And and I believe that what success is. But then the third part to it is then to ask yourself, what is it that causes or gives you joy and happiness? So if I were to ask you or anyone, what, what is what is it that on a daily basis, if you were to do more of or more of this particular thing, it will give you joy and happiness. So so for me, there are like three to four things. So number one, like what really excites me on a daily basis is literally. Um, maximizing my potential so discovering me of myself if I can find that I have I I, I am capable of doing more I'm capable of achieving more I'm capable of doing this finishing this task I'm capable of setting goals and achieving them so that's what we call one part of achievement like you know so it drives me because again it gives me purpose of what I do So the first part I would say is just maximizing on a daily basis, on a daily basis, my potential. And the way to maximize my potential is also what? Learn new things, read more, talk to new people. Like, look at this, we're going to learn from each other today. So that's one part. The other things that give me joy and fulfillment is, of course, helping others. That's a big part of my life. I I call it sowing seeds for others. It's exactly what you're doing right now here. Like, if I were to put that in context, you've started this amazing podcast. You, you, You get... Uh, different kind of breeds of people on this podcast.
1: So many different people.
0: <laughs> and the, and the yeah. goal is to provide value to the marketplace. But mm-hmm. someone has to facilitate that. You've taken that on board and that's phenomenal. And that's what I say, that's what I call sowing seeds by others. So I feel that the more people will do that, the more people give back in society, in community, the more they will feel joy and happiness but the more they will feel fulfilled in their life, and that's success. That is part of yeah. success, right? Because remember, the only thing after a life is death. Death is in- inevitable. So mm-hmm. success is actually living every day of your life purposefully or wh- what do we call in a, in a state of fulfillment, right? And mm-hmm. I would say the third thing also which causes me joy and happiness is just building and investing in great proximity, in great relationships, you know, friends, family, you know, engaging with people, uh, learning from other people. And because, again, we are social creatures, right? Um, I mean, if anyone's isolated themselves, I mean, COVID taught us that quite a lot when we got oh, isolation, gosh. right? Then how we hated it. One of the biggest things we hated about it is that we couldn't socialize, right? So it taught us a lesson that be there for each other, you know, um, build great relationships and, and together we can make a difference, right? So I think these are the three things, again, that gives me joy and happiness on a daily basis, which gives yeah. me fulfillment, and that's what success to me is, right? And, so, and, and in all these areas, you will make money, you will be emotionally, spiritually, physically, f- psychologically enhancing yourself anyway, and that's part of success. I hope that makes sense, right?
1: No, that's wonderful. And clearly you've thought a lot about this question before because you have a very well fleshed out answer. There's layers to it. And I like how you separated those, I guess, emotional responses or emotional um, like products of happiness and joy or you know, money, material things. But that's a byproduct of what success is and you breaking down fulfillment. And I resonated so much with you and with what you said about the things that give you fulfillment. The next question I wanted to ask you kind of builds upon that because I wanted to us like do you define or would you consider yourself a successful person and from your answer I feel like it's something that you've discovered yourself over the years it sounds like you're quite you know fulfilled in your life but you know do you think success is defined by you or by other people because oftentimes we make comments about oh that person's successful or you know so and so is you know done well for them is it a comment you know do you know what I mean is it defined by others or is it yourself?
0: Carpe diem qua minimum credulo postero What basically Mm. that means is pluck the day, trusting as little as possible in the next one. Mm. Means, many people have heard the word carpe diem, right? That was the full version of it. But it means seize Mm -hmm. the day. So what you're asking me is, have I reached success? Again, I think if I go back to the original definition of success is living a daily life, making sure you get as fulfilled as possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, A, we don't know when we're going to perish away from this planet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's unpredictable. Success is a journey. It's not an end destination. So rather than waiting for something, why don't we enjoy every day? Seize the day, carpe diem, right? And like I said, you know, it's almost not just sad, but it's emo- it's emotionally disturbing to, to know that not many people know what the, li- what the meaning of success is. So mm-hmm. like I, I coach so many people and they, one of the biggest questions they ask me, you know, what is the purpose of life? What is... The purpose, and like I would say, majority of dentists wouldn't even be able to answer that question. Forget just general public, right? Because no one has discovered, or no one has really thought about this. So I just took a time. I was uh, presenting a mastermind this weekend in Gold Coast, and I I, and I broke this down the way I'm breaking it for you right now, which is the purpose of life actually is to. If you think about it, what do most people want? Most people want joy and happiness, right? But what causes joy and happiness? They have to identify in their lives what causes joy and happiness. For me, I just mentioned three or four things. And if they do more of that, they will be more happy during their daily life, which I believe that's success, right? Because how many people do we know who are super rich but sad? They are wealthy in terms of money, not in wealthy in terms of emotion, relationships, or, uh, or spirituality. You know, so I, I believe, I believe that it's a combination of quite a few things here. But I guess that if any everyone wants was to take away my meaning of success, which I have broken it down over years and years and years, right, asking myself the question, it might start giving meaning to their life, that having yeah. the ability to live every day as fulfilled as possible, and then just break down the fulfilled into get more joy, more happiness, more excitement, and what gives them that, right? It could be, it could be just working 10 hours of dentistry every day right there's some people who can work 10 hours of dentistry and they're still super excited at the end of the day i think that's success i would call that success right it's not my cup of tea but you know what i mean right
3: BOQ specialists have worked closely with dental professionals for over 30 years and they understand the unique challenges that you as a dental student or graduate will face at the beginning of your career. I know they helped me early on as a dental student and they can help you too as they offer a private banking experience and tailor their products for dental professionals. I can say they have great customer service, I've lost my password that many times and they've always been able to help me, nothing like the experiences I've had with competitors. So, if it sounds like they can help you too, get in touch with them for a chat. For more information, visit boqspecialist.com.au slash students or check out the show notes for more details. TNCs, fees and lending criteria apply. See boqspecialist.com.au for more details.
1: So everyone kind of has their own definition of it, and I guess that's probably what shapes how they perceive different people and other people. and you know whether they think they're successful or not is probably or, you know whether or not that's something that they aspire to because that person does the things that they want. Dr. Kena, you've broken it down and I wanted to ask, was this something that you think was shaped by perhaps your upbringing? Like this, were you surrounded by successful people, people that inspired you, or you know what shaped the attitude that you have today? Was did your childhood shape much of that?
0: Each and every one of us is at somewhat level shaped by the experiences we've had in the past, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of our belief systems are shaped from our parents, our community members, our spiritual leaders, uh, and of course, there's a lot of a lot of that has been passed over, right? Some which is good. Some which is great, some which is absolute nonsense, right? Mm. From our parents and from our grandparents and from our spiritual leaders, right? So, again, age is one of those things that as you experience life, it teaches you. So, if you ask me, was I always successful? No, because, again, for half my life, probably, I didn't know what the meaning of success was. So, I was a wandering, lost soul, right? Not knowing purpose of life, not flittering passion of doing different stuff, right? Until... Till till a time came where I think if you were to ask me where I really got the meaning and definition of success is just enlightening and getting more wisdom. And that happened by two methods, basically. One, I read a lot, right? Uh, And that's an absolute must. And I'll talk about that a bit later.
1: I want to ask about those.
0: Allowed me to open my perspective. By the way, what is reading? The, The only definition of reading is it opens your perspective to life. That's it. It just opens you. So imagine the more you read, the more it opens the perspective to your life, the more you understand how things work, right? So that, number one. And number two, hanging around with eagles, right? So there was a time I decided that you are the average of the five people you hang around with. So, And and that's so true. Even in dentistry, I've seen the same thing. I've seen dentists who are are geniuses, but they hang around with the same people and they they limit their potentials, right? Uh, And I'm not talking about just... Uh, practice potential. I'm talking about business potential, leadership potential, financial potential, all that kind of potential. They limit themselves, right? So I decided, again, just past the age of 30, um, to go out and hunt and hang around with people who are way above me and learn from their experiences. And I believe they also shaped my view of success in life, right? Uh, it, It gave me a perspective. So I hope maybe that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you mentioned two things that I really want to dive into later on in our podcast as we um, dive into it. But, you know, books and this concept of surrounding yourself uh, amongst, you know, people that inspire you. But let's bring it back to dentistry, Dr. Kina, because you are, you know, a, a dentist by trade. Was dentistry always the goal? Did you always, you said you flitted between different passions. Did you always want to do dentistry and did you enjoy it? What was your early career?
0: Great question. Not at all. <laughs> I, I probably didn't even visit a dentist till my teens or late teens or something. Right? <laughs> um, dentistry was not my goal at all. I, actually, to be honest, yeah. I didn't have any goal in life, right? I uh, When I was young, so I'm the second born, right? So my dad's a doctor. Uh, a, lot of my, a, lot, a lot of the listeners probably know my brother as well, Dr. Manish. Uh, uh, he teaches on sleep and TMJ and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he wanted to do medicine, but he went into studying dentistry first. So dad's a doctor. Um, brother, older brother goes into the science field, the medicine field. Dad leaves me and then I've got a younger brother. So kind of a typical tradition. Like I'm talking about, I'm, I've been a dentist for 22 years ago. So I started my dental career 26, 27 years ago right now. yeah. So it was a typical family tradition that I got pushed into doing dentistry. When I say pushed, it was not my parents pushing me. It was probably my ego or my... My, my mindset at that time pushing me, that if, every, if there's science in the field, that I should be science in the field. But the flip side of that is my dad's brother is actually a businessman. He always used to look at me and said, are you a fool going into dentistry, right? Because he knew to build big empires and make a bigger difference, you need to go into business, right? And a lot of, lot of dentists feel that as well nowadays, right? And we'll talk about that, right? Because a lot of dentists uh, open the dental practices as part of their business, right? Uh, But anyway, so that's what led me into dentistry. So then I did my five years dentistry. I was, to be honest, at the bottom 20% of my class, right? So I was at the bottom 20% of my class, winging it through every year, just planning to go to the next year and uh, never paid, never got really passionate about it, right? Uh, And then five years later, when I graduated, I had the piece of paper in my hand, right? And... And that's when dad turned around and said, all right, I'm done putting the money in investing in you to study dentistry. You are on your own, right? And that's when the shit hit the fan, me realizing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, me realizing, oh my God, now I need to fend for myself. So for a moment of reflection, I said, what's the skill I have? And the only skill I had was dentistry, right? Uh, even though, I'd, so, but the best part about that The best part about that was, and I studied in UK, by the way, I graduated in UK, in Scotland, in Glasgow. And the best part about that is that I moved here because my brother said, why don't you come here and hopefully at some point in life, we will open a practice together. I said, fantastic. So I came here. And the best part about that is that within the first year, I understood that what we learned in university was getting pretty outdated, right? In the real world. The real education starts after university. Universities prepares us for the basics. And, our, and I mean the absolute basics, right? Like, you know, we're still not going to put the teeth on wax and make dentures when we're dentists. right? We're not going to do oh that.
1: My, oh my goodness, we're still doing that.
0: <laughs> right? But we're not going to do that. When you come out, you are not going to do that, right? But it just prepares you for the real world. So when I realized that in my first year... Every 50 cents to the dollar I was earning, I put it in education. So within the first three years, I was placing implants, I was doing cosmetic work, in onlays, on legs, veneers, bone grafting. And, and, and literally, within the first three years, I probably, when I compared that to my class where I graduated, I was like in the top. So what I tell people is that it doesn't matter what you graduate is. It doesn't matter. Even right now, when I look for dentists who are graduating, joining my clinic, it's not your clinical skills I'm looking for. Because in a scale of one to 10, you're sitting at one. You're sitting at one or two, because that can be shaped, right? What I'm yeah. looking for is the, do you have the passion or the drive to learn more? Are you someone I can mold? Is Are you someone who can, I can teach communication? Are you Because these are the real skills required, right? Not just the clinical skills. So 50 cents to the dollar, took three years, spent a lot. Then I started getting passionate about dentistry. Mm-hmm. Then it started exciting me because then I realized that dentistry has got many aspects to it. And particularly over, the, over a period of 10 to 15 years out of the, after that, I realized that my passion in dentistry actually is to help people get back in front of the camera, to help people smile beautifully, to feel more confident, have the ability to give them, to chew their favorite foods and favorite drinks so it was more emotionally driven not not like feature features driven you know what's the real benefits and um, and and i guess uh, that's my quick journey about dentistry right
1: yeah
0: till 15 years into the into the game
1: and then wow. it changed <laughs> No, wonderful. No, I really, one of the things that I love about the podcast, and as you said before, we get to bring in you know people of all different breeds from different backgrounds. And one of the things I love hearing about is always asking about what was dental school like for, for everyone, because everyone had a different experience, but it's nice to hear when like stories or stories of people who are now, like you said, 20, you know, 30, 40 years um, out in their career and how it was they wouldn't have dreamed of it when they're a little dental student and oftentimes you know we hear from you. Know, obviously we have the dentists that join us and they were top of the class but we have the ones that you know like yourself identified as you're know, not necessarily the brightest student yet they made something of themselves after dental school um, finished and you know for me I'm in my final year right now and all my friends even just today in our lunchroom we're just talking about have you done your requirements I need a molar endo before I graduate I need like two dentures and that's Consumes us, but it's so I guess refreshing to hear that the journey really starts when we graduate, and it could go anywhere.
0: I I I, I probably would say I didn't put the work in in middle yeah. school. I was all about the party. I was yeah. all about <laughs> the fun. I was all yeah. about that, and probably that is why I was at the twenty percent because I didn't put the work in. To be honest, I was literally just looking to pass. That's all I was looking to pass. Right. Um, but again, it's it's a crazy world out there because I used to miss classes. I used to be delayed in giving in all those all those characteristics, unwanted characteristics, actually shaped to who I am today. Because mm. to be successful is very different. It's not about IQ. It's not about anything about that, right? And more, in, in, more importantly, dentistry. It's not neurosurgery, right? It's more. It's you'll get to a stage where you do just more of one procedure. You just become better at it. The more you practice. You know, imagine your first root canal and then imagine your 200th root canal, right? You know what I mean? So over over years, you'll naturally become great at it. Plus, you'll still be attending CPD and learning technology and all that. And by the way, technology, we never use rotary endo. Right. I think you guys do use Rotary Endo in university. Yeah,
1: yeah. Luckily, we do get to use Rotary. We
0: were fast. Now, that's become as much obsolete. You know, we use a lot of Rotary nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's all about evolve and transforming, evolve and transforming. So to anyone who's listening, who's in university right now, yes, put in the required effort to go and pass through. But the real journey starts after. And for that to happen you need to have other skills.
1: Uh, Dr. Kenny, you talked about this the early years of, you know, when you were a student graduating, investing a lot of time into further education. And you said, you know, 15 years out, was that when you had a second shift? What is the second shift that happened and is this what then got your mind thinking about what success means to
0: you? Great question. I love the way you come <laughs> up with questions like that. Um, it's, it's both. Let me let me continue my journey after five years of dentistry. After five years, so I've, imagine me learning all the skills. Most people haven't learned the skills. It takes close to seven to ten years to learn the skills because remember, when you graduate, you're almost fed up of studying. You don't want to invest too much in to studying, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I went the other way. I went the other way. I was like, I didn't study much in university, so I might as well study now, right? <laughs> so I knocked. I knocked every clinical aspect within the first three to five years. However, something I realized close to five years into dentistry, what I realized that my clinical skills were here, right? But my income wasn't accelerating, right? It had grown by 20, 30%. Nothing phenomenal in five years. Now, in five years of Mm. work in any business, if you're just growing by 20, 30%, I don't call that great. I call that really low to average, right? So what I learned was that... Mm. The five years later, it is not just the clinical skills that is going to get you to financial success. Of course, one of my goals was financial success, as everyone has, because I believe, I, really, I, I truly believe that if, if you were to add value to the marketplace, you expand your potential, you learn new things, you add value to the marketplace, you should be paid for that, like any industry in the world. And, and if you get paid for it, you can make a bigger difference in the world. That's that's my philosophy. I really believe in that. Right. So I can help the needy. I can help the charities. I can help build schools, which I do in Kenya. Um, that's different things. But the point I'm trying to make is that five years later, I, I realized that I had to learn communication skills, which was a big one. Right. Because I could know how to do root canal. But if the patient doesn't choose me, my service is obsolete. It's useless. My clinical skill is absolutely useless if the patient doesn't, I can't serve patients if I'm not training clinical skills. And at that time, my journey started in learning clinical skills, leadership skills, business skills, motivational skills, public speaking skills, anything anything to make me non-clinically confident, right? And And come out as more of a confident person, knowing what they're doing. So one, I have a skill, but A, all of you need to learn then eventually how to present that skill because you still need to inspire and influence patients to choose you. And especially you guys even have it worse. Why? Because competition is through the roof, right? When we graduated, whatever, over 20 years ago, there was still that feeling with patients. When you say something to patients, patient agrees and accepts it. Now, Dr. Google is probably better than you, right? Or better than all of us. So all the patients have Googled everything, right? And now the consumer has a choice. So if you're not stepping up and standing out with your communication skills, with your branding, with your business, whatever you do, it's hard for you to serve them to your patients. It's hard for your patients to convince them. So that was my five-year journey, right? Mm -hmm. And then 15 years down the line, I realized another epiphany moment, which you asked, is that... I don't like dentistry.
1: <laughs> 15 years later. <laughs>
0: now, now, here's the interesting part. I, I say that statement wrong because dentistry has got approximately about 20 categories. Like if you yeah. think about it, right? Fillings, root canal, veneers, crowns, hygiene, uh, name it. Like sleep apnea, whatever. 20, about approximately about 20 categories, right? So mm-hmm. as dentists, we are supposed to be masters of all these procedures right? Mm -hmm. But there are some procedures you will like doing. There are some procedures you won't be like doing. So remember that word I told you about success? Success is what? Doing on a daily basis things that fulfill you, that gives you joy and happiness. So there are some procedures which were not giving me joy and happiness. So I asked myself, am I going to live another 15, 20 years of dentistry doing procedures I don't like, Right? So and and it's a bit of a taboo topic in the industry, right? Because dentists are expected. So, but it's not. I actually we're at that stage in life and in and, and and economy in the world that gives you choices. So I decided that I only like twenty percent of dentistry. So last eight nine years, I've only been practicing that twenty percent of dentistry, right? Which is mainly cosmetics, implants, um, the high end work, the full mouth rehabs, and all that. And I I work as a dentist two days a week. That's my, that's my dentistry passion and that's what I love, yeah. right? But of course, the reason I work two days a life is because I run multiple seven, eight other businesses, but more importantly, I wanted to do something else in life and give more of me to other, other aspects of my life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But you kind of had to go through those first 15 years of discovering, exploring all the different aspects of dentistry to find out what was your area that you you were good at, that you enjoyed um, and gave you fulfillment.
0: I took 15. I Mm -hmm. believe most people will know that within the first 7 to 10 years. Mm -hmm. Remember, whatever we have done, we have done it slowly. So we have taken our time to make the mistakes and gone through the challenges. You guys have an advantage to look up to us and say, hey, what's worked for you and what hasn't worked for you? Can I learn it? Can I educate myself? And you won't make those mistakes. That's the whole idea of, remember, learning from books and learning from, yeah, so you guys, and and I meet a lot of dentists right now, actually a lot of dentists, right, who are still not fully satisfied doing dentistry. The only reason they're doing a full-time job as a dentist is because they have to pay the bills, and life is all about the bills, and they have to pay, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, but so my goal, one of my goals and mission in life is to help dentists also explore other avenues in life, what they can do. There's so many options. I mean, it's not something I can cover here, but at least yeah. just just so that they can live more of a fulfilled life, I, I guess.
1: So Dr. Kena, you mentioned, and I guess we explored your clinical dentistry you know, aspect of your career, and you said now that you work two days, um, and you do you delve into a lot of other things, and you're involved with a lot of other things. Can you kind of give a breakdown of you know what else you're involved in, how you would spend the rest of your week, what kind of you know things are you a part of?
0: So beach bum is my <laughs> <laughs> professional <beach> professional one. <laughs> second job, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> what else I do? People, it's it's interesting because. My mom still calls me and say, you know, traditionally say, did you go to work today? I said, mom, <laughs> what work are you talking about? Because in her mind, work is dentistry, right? So I said, no, today's not my clinical day. And the second line, so you're free. I said, <laughs> <laughs>
1: doesn't, <laughs> work. doesn't work like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I said, mom, no, I run about six seven other businesses, right? Um, but yeah. anyway, she's sweet. She's sweet. She's she's mom and dad have been the pivotal people in my life. With uh, Put me where I am right now. You're asking me what else do I do, right? So just on a side mm-hmm. note, I run a, as you know, I'm a speaker. I'm a motivational speaker and I'm a business coach. I'm a, su- I'm a success coach. So mm-hmm. uh, I literally help dentists, dental teams and dental pra- practices exponentially grow the pra- grow themselves and grow their revenue, right? Uh, this is what I do. So everything everything non-clinical um, f- for you, for someone, for a dentist to be successful is something I teach, including communication skills, leadership skills, business skills, marketing skills, strategy skills. So that's all my coaching. So I I present that by coming on stage and delivering seminars, and I also do private coaching one-on-one into practices. So that's a big part of my life. Uh, This coming, I just came back from uh, Gold Coast, as I said, this weekend. This coming weekend, I'm off to Tasmania for a week for coaching there. Then I come back, then I'm in Perth for a week. Right. So it's a bit of traveling and mom will still call me assuming that I don't do anything right. Um, So that's one that's one big thing I do. So seminars and private coaching. Then I also run a digital agency. One of the things I'm absolute passionate about is marketing. I'm actually a digital marketing specialist. So something I went and studied. Um, Basically, think about this. Same thing. When you open a dental practice. Right. The first ingredient you need is what? Patience. Right. Yeah. So you need to you need to know how to create. I, so I am probably the authority in creating the best websites in Australia, the best SEO and Edwards in Australia. This is my forte. I've been doing it for over 15... I mean, I've been studying this art for over 15 years, so much so that I finally opened a digital agency. I'm helping dentists literally attract more patients to their practice so that they can grow. Um, I'm also a uh, heavily forex and crypto trader so uh, i've been trading forex especially for the last 16 years right yeah. i've been trading crypto only for the last year so that's just 10 to 15 of my portfolio but forex yeah. is a big thing a part of me so uh the uh, I'm, I'm quite active in that uh, a lot of dentists are asking me to teach them forex maybe one day <laughs> when i can get licensed um the other thing i uh, also do is and I was not supposed to say this on this channel at the moment because it's a little bit of a hush hush. Um, oh, we're, we're coming a
1: sneak peek. <laughs> yeah,
0: a sneak peek. We're, well, it's uh, it's going to be officially launched at the ADX Brisbane, right? Oh, uh, which is coming in about a couple of months. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, myself and m- 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 a friend of uh, mine, a colleague of mine. We have f- formulated one of the most powerful and the m- best looking whitening system in the market. Oh. So it's a teeth whitening system. Now, this is uh, a dentist, uh, de- the one dentists are meant to prescribe, not something you can buy o- OTC over the counter, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we're really excited to release that. Uh, and uh, and we've probably done over 130 cases so far and with yeah. phenomenal results, phenomenal, right? So this is something we're really excited about. So it was designed and formulated by Australian dentists. So that's us. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, looking forward to... Um, uh, looking forward to serve the community serve our proximity and looking forward for the support from all the dentists in that right um, yes. So that's not something else I do. Um, sometimes and, and, I, and like I said I also work as a dentist two days a week, right yes. so six to eight days a month I work as a dentist. Uh, but remember I'm also ru- also running a dental practice. so yes. I'm still in charge of that with together with my brothers right So we are always so this everything I teach, other dental practices, I have to implement in my own practice, right? So the best, and that is why I tell people, actually, I walk the talk. I'm not just a coach who has retired. I am someone who does and walks the talk on a daily basis, which is why I I build multi-million dollar practices, right? And the whole goal for that is to allow us to serve more, more of the public, more of the population, and then on my side time i write books i've written a book it's an amazon number 1 bestseller right i have it here oh there you go there you go <laughs> right um, yeah. so I, it's crazy what i do um, i think i'm obsessed about working my work ethics are really high i'm obsessed about that um, and, and, and people still wonder why i just work 2 days a month 2 days a week but i do other stuff it it drains yeah. me you know but i love it uh, you know that thing where we spoke about success doing things daily which fulfills you it fulfills me as long as my life is 80 90% fulfilled i'm happy i'm joyful mm-hmm. i'm i'm progressing it's success
3: Ripe Global is an incredible resource, especially in these times where travel is a little bit difficult, but we're also realizing it's not always necessary for our education, especially when we're starting our career. We just wanna get as much as we can, and a platform like Ripe Global's membership is perfect for that. But Ripe Global is a lot more than that. They've got the fellowship in restorative dentistry, and while it's already started with the posterior dentistry course, they've just released the anterior dentistry course, one where you're gonna learn about composites aesthetics isolation and indirect work as well one of the hardest things to do in dentistry is a single front tooth and this course is aimed at helping you improve that skill find out more at ripeglobal.com or check out the show notes and you can get 30% off a membership all from the comfort of your own home
1: That's wonderful, and the reason I wanted to ask you, Doctor Kina, to kind of share, like you know, what a day in your week or a month, a month, a month in the life of Doctor Kina Shah would be like, is because I think as dental students we think that once we graduate it's all just dentistry. But I think you know as we speak to different people in the profession, you realize that there's so many different avenues, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast where you know people go into uh, go into teaching, people go into um, you know practice ownership, they go um, into coaching, or they're so specialising. And I think it's interesting to hear how you know where you are at your stage in the life you're still working two days clinical but you're diving into all these other avenues and I think it's inspiring for a lot of people to hear oh there's a lot more to then just drilling or sitting in the dental chair or sitting in the chair in the practice and um, being with patients there's two avenues that you mentioned that I kind of want to talk a little bit more about and you mentioned coaching and then marketing and I've, I kind of want to dive into. Or you know, unpack these these two topics a little bit. But you say that you know you're a coach and you coach people in a lot of different areas. Was this because um you yourself were inspired by you know people were there certain motivational speakers or coaches that you had in your life that really shaped who you are and then inspired you to do
0: two reasons. Number one number one that yes what you just said there that there were mentors and coaches like you remember I said that at five years I had this epiphany moment that uh, you know I need to go invest in non-clinical skills right so I traveled Mm -hmm. the world you know I I had the opportunity to meet Tony Robbins uh, Richard Branson had spent time with him uh, Brendan Bouchard but more importantly read a lot of books where people had just had uh, vomited their wisdom into books right so (laughs) you know I just had I, I read a lot right So, one of the things I realized is that you and your success, and when I mean you, everyone's success will only be limited by the wisdom and the mindset they have. To be truly successful and do a lot of stuff and grow your business and grow your teams and everything, you know, 80% of that is mindset, 20% is methods and motivation. So strategies and skills and all that, right? But 80% is mindset. So so when I traveled around the world and or when I read books and when I met other people, it really helped me shape my mind how to think what limiting beliefs I had in myself which to let go, right? What kind of work ethics need to be pushed in place? How can I push the envelope? How can I step up and stand out? These are the skills I started learning once I discovered that everyone needs to have a coach and a mentor, right? So, mm. a coach and a mentor doesn't have to be a, physic, a physical person, it could be from books as well. But having yeah. someone physical is someone you can pick up the phone, and, or someone who, like this who can motivate you, who can pump your energy up, and who can guide you in the right way. A book can be boring sometimes, right? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. and that's one reason that I thought and to myself that every professional needs a coach and a mentor. If they want to exponentially succeed, that's it. If they want to really live their life to the fullest, they need to have a coach and a mentor. But the second reason is probably more important, which is I tell people I'm actually a master of the failures. I'm a master of not success. I'm a master of failure, meaning that I probably have had more failure in my life than successes, which is being like a springboard to success. So marketing, I've lost a lot of money. My first practice I opened closed within one year. So my first practice was a failure. Not many people know this, but I share this in my seminars and all that. It was a failure, right? But I learned a lot. I had to get up, I dusted myself, and Manish and I, my brother and I, we opened another practice, right? Which is now a multi-million dollar practice, right? Um, Mm -hmm. so, So I say this because I guess my failures is something has got a lot of valuable lessons. So it's exactly what I did. Don't do it. Do this, <laughs> right? <laughs> so when I said don't do it, I also discovered in the process what really works. I've I've got the gold. I've got the diamonds. I know exactly what strategies work in, in, in dental practices, right? In business, mm-hmm. in business dental practice. That's why I became a success coach for dentists. That's why I wrote this book, Grow Your Dream Dental Practice. That's why I add so much value to dentists who, come under me and literally double or triple their productivity and profits. Like that's huge, unheard of in the dental industry. But again, one of the things I love is I love doing this myself. So it's not easy to scale. Hence, not everyone can have me. And so I have to choose my clients really wisely. But if I were to step into anyone's life, say goodbye to the old you, I say. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why, yeah, I think coaches and mentors are important.
1: Dr. Kinney, you mentioned before that you said it has to be the right person, though it has to be someone who wants to exponentially grow. And I think this kind of poses the question. And I know you've talked about it before. I think I've heard a seminar or a webinar you did once where you talked about having dreams, especially as a young dentist or as a new grad. And um, I've talked about this before, but I think it's hard when we're a student or a new grad to necessarily see far into the future because all our lives, we've always had a curriculum. There was always something that was laid out for us. And then the day we graduate, the day, we get that paper you're let loose into the real world it's just oh my gosh like where to from here and so i guess my question is how what advice do you have for new grads or people early on early on in their career in terms of finding their dream or finding you know where they want to go in life and setting themselves goals to i guess further progress and develop
0: it's a fantastic question and i'm glad you're bringing this up because this topic was not raised when we graduated so the only The lights we see was in front of those two cars' headlights. That's all we saw, right? Now have the opportunity to look at a 3D or a 5D version of uh, the environment around you, right? A lot has changed in the last 10 to 20 years in terms of technology, in terms of how the world operates, in terms of how businesses operate. A lot has changed. So you guys have much more opportunity. So the question you asked me there is that what you guys need to do, you guys need to really invest uh, your time into meeting people non-clinical or non-dental, number one. Mm. Number two, attend non-clinical seminars because that's where you learn about what? Goal setting. I mean, this is one of the seminars around goal setting. You learn about marketing. You learn about leadership. You learn about entrepreneurship, right? You learn about how to manage teams. You learn about anything to do with non-clinical. It opens your mind up, perspective. Remember, opens your perspective up to what else is out there that could be exciting for me. Right, mm-hmm. meet up with people who have achieved what what you want to achieve. That's a big one, also, right? Right. Like I see some dentists or some people taking advice from people who haven't achieved something, and I yeah. ask them, I question that why Why would you do that? Right, right. So I know I had a couple of uh, really good dental friends who went into property business when the property was booming, right, and they made probably ten times more what they made in dentistry, right, and they became passionate about it. However. Remember, the re- I reached out to them because I wanted to learn about properties and about the construction industry, about the building industry. Just become curious. That's my word. That's the takeaway. That's why yes. I will finally come to one word, okay? When you graduate, <laughs> become curious. Become curious. Go and say, hey, can I come can I, can I attend?" Or hey, I just, can I nip your time? Can I, whatever? You know, just, you, you got to get curious. Otherwise, 10 years will pass away and those headlights will be just straight. Right, yeah. and you won't see anything apart from that, and you may find yourself really unfulfilled, and that's not the way you guys want to live life, right? You guys, generating and graduating nowadays are smart. You're intelligent. You've got the the internet there, right? We had slower speeds, right? Now, <laughs> now remember, we are not in the information in the world anymore. Information is there anytime. You, I can press a button and I can ask Siri, tell me about a root canal treatment. That's all I need to say. Yeah. Right, so patients are well educated about information. So, the, if patients are not buying you or patients are not committing to you because of information, they're committing to you of the person you are of the character you build and for that to happen be curious and learn other stuff does that help that answer
1: yeah absolutely and i feel like that ties into the second part which i wanted to ask you more about was marketing right and you know i feel like marketing is sometimes a bit of a taboo word sometimes you know people have that mindset of you know i'm a dentist i'm a healthcare worker i'm not here to be a business person or to market but i think you come from a very interesting perspective where you're like it's the, the new the way technology works nowadays is you're one google search away and people are now um, relying so much on you know the reviews or what they see online and I think we talk a lot about marketing perhaps from like a practice point of view or you know practice owners focusing on okay what is the brand or you know what are our um, our practice values whether it's family dentistry, cosmetic dentistry but as a general dentist or as a new grad you know how can we contribute to this and I think you mentioned before like being curious and really focusing on our communication skills do you have any advice in terms of I guess building a personal brand or is there a personal brand that comes from you know just being a like associate dentist or a dentist not necessarily the practice
0: let me address that on a few points there right first of all number one we all took a oath when we graduated to serve in our best possible way, correct? Mm-hmm. If you really break that yeah. down, one of the words was the it, to serve. Now, if I marketed and I got five patients from it, and you and son, another that is marketed, only one got one patient from it, who's serving more? Me. It is almost unethical not to market. Not the other way around. So people have this belief, the taboo system, that healthcare providers should not market. I'm totally against that. I said, if you don't market, you're actually doing injustice. The reason you're doing injustice is because you've got a God-given gift and you've spent time and money and effort to gain a skill in this life. Now, if you market, that allows you to serve more people in this life. Why wouldn't you want to market? So that would change the belief system of every dentist in this world that they need to market, Mm -hmm. right? Number two, as we both know, there are two kinds of marketing, external marketing and internal marketing. Internal marketing is mainly to do with referrals or word of mouth, right? So imagine you treated a patient, they really liked you, and then you hope that they would refer a patient to you. So I call that what we call hopium marketing. You get high on your hopium, right? <laughs> because <Yeah>. you're just <laughs> hoping that that patient would refer a patient to you. So it used to be a great strategy. But nowadays, you just say that nowadays, you're just a click away, right? And many people are clicking. I'll give you a perfect example today. I had a consult today. This patient wanted to straighten their teeth and get 10 veneers done, right? And I my question to him, okay, so when was the last time you had a hygiene treatment? When was the last time you had your teeth cleaned, right? Simple question, right? And so, oh, just two months ago. So from that, I deduced what? He already has a dentist. So my next question is, how come you didn't go to that dentist f- to get your veneers or straightening done? And his answer was that, no, I was looking for someone more attuned to this kind of treatment or more someone who's doing a lot of this kind of treatment, right? Now, again, I believe that the his existing dentist probably does that kind of work, but hasn't positioned himself or branded himself or marketed in that way. So he just, that patient came to me, right? Um, and and that, that's interesting, isn't it? So again, I'm a general dentist. I'm not a specialist. I'm a general dentist. I just have a expertise and liking into doing cosmetics and implants. But I've positioned myself into that. So that's where you ask, how do I brand myself? So you got to position yourself into this. So how do you position yourself? Social media accounts, right? And here's another big one. Are you ready? I need you to open your own website. Ready. So Dr. Uh, Erica surname.com.au. You should have your own brand website. So I'll, mm-hmm. for me, I've got Dr. Kinarsha.com.au. I've got Kinarsha.com.au. I've got Kinarsha.com. Also all the websites. So you got to have your own website. So a message <laughs> for everyone out there right now, yeah. register your name as a website because that will that is your personal brand because remember eventually google picks up your name and starts bringing your profile in the world up right is that a good point to take away and here's yeah, another yeah, and here's another tip if you've got children get their re- uh, websites registered as well right uh, because <laughs> because <laughs> it's it, in it, that lock name it's true like uh, it's in what we call internet ip there's only one kinarsha.com.au website in the world right so do that as well so and plus social media instagram facebook uh, linkedin twitter whatever you gotta get on those platforms now here's the biggest answer to your question which is how do i really brand myself videos the n- number one what, what do you do when you're on instagram or facebook you're scrolling but you'd stop yeah. and watch a video right Absolutely. so it, most the, the statistics are of content that is watched nowadays, almost 65 to 80% of content that is watched nowadays is videos. So people who are graduating, you need to get comfortable in front of the camera. You need to be able to record a 30-second, 60-second video, right? Um, Just adding value. So start small, but start somewhere. And build on that. And I believe by the time you hit three years and five years out, you should have already branded you should be already in the market being known and 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 i and i bet only less than 5% of Danish graduating will do that right yeah. my advice everyone do that because it's not difficult right many people are scared in front of the camera it's just it's a matter of just learning it it's a matter of messing it up i've messed it so many times in my life i've come across as a clown in front of the camera right yeah. but you just yeah. got to do it right start somewhere Start small because branding, as you say, it's very important. And eventually, when you own, own your own practice, marketing, having an amazing website, SEO, AdWords, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. The right strategies, the right way to do it, no-brainer. Does that help in marketing? answering your marketing question?
1: Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, and I think a lot of people will hear it, and it's quite daunting. I think the things you say it makes sense, but it's it's daunting to be like oh, putting yourself out there, or you are know, standing in front of you know a camera and uploading it for the whole world to see, and whatever's on the internet stays forever on the internet. But I think a lot of it, and part of you know, growing up and you know, getting experience is um, being okay and being comfortable with these things, and you never know unless you try, unless you give it a shot. It will always be uncomfortable until you do it a few times, just like dentistry when you say the first time you do a root canal compared to the, the, the 200th time that you've done one? That's
0: why one of the modules I have in my mastermind session is public speaking. So mm-hmm. I teach people a two-day intense course on public speaking. And mm-hmm. my agenda for that two days is literally teach you what to say, how to say it. All right? So yeah. I give you a formula every time you get in front of the camera, exactly what to say and how to say it. So you're not fumbling, yeah. Right. And the second part is I help you gain more confident in getting back in front of the camera. So there's a two-day public speaking course I run, but it's only part of my mastermind. Many people have asked me, can I run it as for dentists? And I, I hope, hopefully, one day I do.
1: Well, as a little snippet for that, Dr. Kina, actually, I know you do a lot with, like, neurolinguistic programming and I feel like this is a bit of like, a buzzword or a trigger word that I've heard. I don't think I quite understand it entirely, but you did say, you know, you learnt from the likes of Tony Robbins and that's probably what jumps to a lot of people's minds. Can you tell me, like, what is it and what does it entail and how does this, um, you know, play a role in us as communicators and dentists?
0: Most of your choices behaviors decisions in this world Mm. are already being influenced by an external factor whether you like it or not right Mm. has it ever happened to you that you search something on google it shows up on facebook yeah has it ever happened or shows on instagram so yeah so this is this is an area of not only just marketing but what we call influencing marketing right so NLP or neuro linguistic program, it's the science of influence and persuasion, right? Um, it's it's a it's a science where it helps you inspire, influence, and impact people to make good decisions and good behaviors in your life. So NLP, one of the reasons I teach NLP is that if you had the ability to inspire and influence your patients to make good decisions and to commit to treatment plans, because as a dentist, you are you are diagnosing them and then you're discussing solutions with them, right? And you have the skill to deliver, right? The last thing you don't want is them saying no to you, right? Because if, if, if it's important for them to get it fixed and improve their health and improve their confidence, etc., then it's your duty to influence them to accept the treatment plan. And so neurolinguistic programming is just kind of a science which helps you learn how to inspire influence and impact people to make good choices in life right it's a very deep science and it's in it subtly it's all around you right um, like e- even even just giving you an example um, you know when you walk outside starbucks right you can smell coffee yeah right it's trying to do what lure you in it's trying to get you in because every time you're like oh i will feel like a coffee did you know Starbucks has got rents outside which releases the smell?
1: Oh, how interesting.
0: Interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. same thing. Have you been to IKEA? Have you been to IKEA yeah. and you feel in within a minute or two you feel totally lost? I don't know where I'm going. Right? Yeah. In Ikea yeah. the they they it's called it's what we call a gruen effect. It's they're trying to confuse you a little bit. And in that state of confusion, you end up buying fridge magnets. I don't know. Some crap like that, right? So there's always the science of influencing happening around you anyway. So one of the things I've learned over years, and I've become a a teacher in this, is that if you have the ability to do that, um, why can't you not apply those principles dentistry? So for example, what a simple thing like having banners in your reception lounge of a procedure. So I have an implant banner, I have a porcelain veneer banner, I have a skin rejuvenation banner in my reception so while the patients are sitting in the lounge they are subliminally reading this information and I'm already telling them in those banners what, what my expertise is why I'm good what's unique about the way I do it so this is all part it's such a fascinating subject it like if I I can talk like two days on this subject <laughs> purely because I know that if you have the ability to inspire influence and impact people in your life can you can you imagine how big a difference can you make in people's life like massive right uh, and that's why NLP is a subject I, 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 I invite every professional to learn not just dentists but every professional right dentistry yeah. a must and yes. and you'll enjoy it it's a fun subject
3: The more you learn about orthodontics, the more you see it applying to almost every case. It might not always be necessary, but it's almost always an option. So then you think, I want to do aligners for my patients and your challenge is to learn how to do that to a high standard. But once you've learned that, many people find that the challenge then is, how do you actually make that work within your practice? How do you make this efficient and therefore profitable enough for you to be able to provide that to your patients in private practice? There's two people I think about when I think about aligners and then practice management. That's Dr. Jeff Hall and Dr. Jesse Green. And now they've come together to create Clear Aligner Excellence, their new education platform that is aiming to solve both of these problems for you in your practice, while also giving you huge discounts off the major aligner therapy companies. Over the next six years, aligner therapy is forecast to increase by 28%. This is a huge opportunity. Take it with both hands, ClearEx.com. What are you?
1: Now that's that. That's, that's really interesting, and interesting to see how a concept like that. And I think this is what you were saying about non-clinical skills, things that you learn, not necessarily related to dentistry, but then how that can play a role in how we do the things that we do. Do you have any other just general tips? I know we talk a lot about you know communication and you know other non-clinical skills that we want you know dentists to get good at. Do you have any like specific tips or advice for grads? Like if you had to give them like you know, three top tips or you know one or two things that you think they definitely Need to you know, know or focus on to like start implementing tomorrow or something. Can you think of any just off the top of your
0: head in terms of communication? So let's talk about communication first because it's a very broad topic you're asking me. But I, even yeah. if you just break down communication, I can give you tips in that. Number like everyone believes that people do business with people they like, right? Mm-hmm. So a patient is never going to say yes to you if they don't like you. The way yeah. the way to get them to like you is not just your personality and your character and your energy but also that to show them whether you've got authority, you've got credibility, you've got expertise. Like imagine uh, going to an eye surgeon, getting your laser, laser eye surgery done, and he's yeah. only treated like five patients in his life. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So part of all that, right? So one of the tips I'm going to give you is that every dentist or graduating dentist, or even just general dentist even right now in life, need, need, uh, needs to learn the ability to get the patients to like them. There, there are specific methods to do that. Right, like even a handshake. There's a specific way you can handshake. Even a smile. Right. Even what to say, what questions to ask your patient, so that they feel inspired, or so they feel connected with you. Right. Because the goal in a, one of the first goals in any consultation or any time you meet a patient is what getting them to like you. Right. They don't. They don't care about the skills. I mean, no one's going to look at your composite filling and say, "Wow, that's fantastic." Right. No one does that. Right. <laughs> Most ninety-nine yeah. percent of patients don't even look at what the work has been done. They just trust that it's been done well, right? They're not going to check your crown margins, right?
1: Run a, run it with a probe.
0: <laughs> but what? But but, but they're going to run you with the probe. That's important, oh, right? Right? They, yeah. They're gonna They're gonna assess you from head to toe. They're gonna They're gonna look at you. They're gonna find. Do I like this person? Does this person have any charisma? Does this person have any confidence? Do I do I want to associate myself with this person? So that's a that's skill you all need to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an untrained skill. Uh, number two, you need to learn case conversion, like from day one, from day one, within the first year of graduating. I, in my seminars, when I teach case conversion seminars, there's always that two to three fresh graduates who come. Mm-hmm. And I know straight away that these guys will go places. Because they've understood the power of communication. Yes, you do have to keep investing on your clinical skills and, and get mentored by other work, but learn your communication skills fast. Like and do it take it as a take it as a non-stop education on that, because you'll always learn, right? I, I guess that's tip number one. Number tip number two would be definitely learn leadership skills. That if you eventually want to open your own practice, you would want to learn leadership skills. I mean, which, have you guys been taught leadership skills in? in?
1: No, and I wanted to ask, like, what are leadership skills? Like, how do you learn them and what does it entail?
0: So first we need to understand what the word leader means, or what the word leadership means, right? When I teach this module, it's a two-day module. Leadership is all about building a character. Leadership is about who you are. It's about the actions you take, the habits you have, the words you speak. It's a combination of everything. It's your character, right? When I talk about big leaders, who comes in your mind right now? Nelson Mandela, um, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, big guys come in your mind, right? So these guys were big leaders, like even Obama was a great leader, right? What I'm trying to say is that these people led and what is required to lead people, you need to have the ability to inspire, influence and impact them. You need to have the ability to make, make them carry out actions, make them feel proud about themselves, right? So this is leadership skills. So actually, it's a skill you need to learn. None of us were born with it. It took me years to learn the skill because I had to learn from outside. And then I put all my information in, in one basket. And now I'm teaching that in a fast way to dentists, how they can inspire their teams to be more productive, right? How they can form a great culture, how they can share their vision, how to remain humble, how to execute and how to hustle. Right, yeah, um, and and that's what I teach. That's part. That's all part of leadership. So that's another thing. Again, you need to learn this, right? Wherever you go in the world, when you guys graduate, if you get an opportunity to learn about leadership skills, go learn leadership skills. And I guess the third one I would say is relationship building skills. So not just communication skills, but relationship building skills, right? And like you know how we said you are the average of the five people you hang around with. Yeah. Now to get into the eagle's proximity you need to know how to build relationships. Most yeah. of these circles are closed. You know, you don't yeah. just get invited to them, right? So you need to learn how to build relationships. Um, so there's so much for you guys to learn. And, and in one way, it's all the fun stuff, right? Yeah. Because it's all the non-dental, non-clinical stuff, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, I would definitely advise you and inspire you guys to go and invest your time and effort and money into learning these skills as fast as possible. The smart ones will have probably mastered a lot of this, not mastered, but learned a lot of this within the first two, three years, right? So accelerate. Your success depends on only one person, you. That's it. Mm.
1: And be curious. I, I really like that. And also really like how um, each conversation or as we, we dive into each topic, it, it segues really beautifully into the next question that I really wanted to ask you about. And you ended up on your last thing about relationship building and you're surrounding yourself around people that inspire you, the top five people that you surround yourself with, are you know, the average that makes up who you are. I want to ask a little bit more about this. And in particular, Dr. Kina, I believe you have this group called Dentrepreneurs. Is that correct? Can you tell me a little bit about this? And is this kind of what you created to help facilitate like a network or an environment of surrounding yourself around your like-minded people who inspire you, get the conversation going? Can you tell me a bit about it?
0: You just said it. That, that that was the yeah. reason behind it, the whole purpose of creating. There was a time, This I think it's going back almost five, six years ago uh, or mm-hmm. six, uh, six, seven years ago now. So uh, one of the things I saw in the dental community, was people not being close to each other, right? Everyone's in their own journey and little shell. And uh, when, and because I had learned all this and invested in this, I wanted to invite people to come and learn and meet and get together and share, share ideas and share the love and share their visions together. So, and I also realized that most People who own dental practices are not business owners. They're business operators. It's a big difference.
1: How's the different?
0: Business operator is basically you are self-employed in your own job. A business owner can walk away from their practice two to three months in a year or even more. And the business still runs and it's profitable and it's building. If you, if the business crashes, if you're not around, you're an operator. All you're doing is running a business, but the purpose of running the business is earning a very minimal profit. But it cannot sustain without you. Does that make yes. sense? I realize that there's a big topic on business ownership, and business ownership again means the same thing: marketing skills, communication skills, leadership skills, team building skills, um, you know, uh, strategies on how to build the business, etc. Right. So most practice, most of us will have wear two hats in our life. One is the dentist, one is the entrepreneurs. Hence the word dentrepreneurs, right? So I created the group called Dentrepreneurs because I believed that there was a big percentage of the dental population, dentist population, who wanted to not just work as a dentist, but run a business too, and a very effective business. So my agenda or my wish at that time was to bring these like-minded people, and especially people who wanted to share from their heart what's working for them and what's not working for them. So I formed a group. Back in the day, I still remember the first meetup. We were like 20, 30 of us, small group, right? And we had our biggest meetup just before COVID. There were close to 120 people who met up in Gold Coast. So the Apprentice is a Facebook group. Um, it's been a little bit inactive, but I'm, I'm re-jumping re it this year, uh, putting some CPR to it. And there's some big things coming. I, in, I actually invite everyone who's listening to this, come and join. Like, for example, yeah. we have a dentopreneurs um, meetup coming in uh, November, right? Which will, be oh, announced, yeah, which will be announced very soon. So this is the perfect opportunity to come. There will be CPD points. There will be non-clinical lectures. Uh, there will yeah. be cl- some couple of clinical lectures. Uh, and the best part of it, it's like it's almost uh, a negligible cost. You only have to pay for your food and drinks. It's a no-brainer, right Usually we would charge a couple of thousand dollars for this. so th- again interprets meetup and in, moving forward, I'm going to make this group a little bit more privatized for especially young dentists who are coming joining in and because we have a great proximity of experienced dentists who are, who are willing to teach the young dentist and mentor and tutor them. but I want to, my mission is to make it affordable for you guys, right because I can understand the CPD points can be really, really expensive. I'm not sure whether you've seen the prices of everything around lately. Um, so I'm going to be bringing around uh, great speakers in every area of uh, field of dentistry with really reasonable affordability for you guys to ex, to uh, to expand your clinical skills, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, all the non-clinical skills will be there as well, which is phenomenal. So at the end of the day, you will be a entrepreneur if you join this group, right? Uh, so you'll be a dentist and an entrepreneur and the sky's the limit after that. Mm-hmm. So on the 12th of November in Gold Coast, it will be announced very soon. Even la- uh, final year graduates. I mean, when's your exam? I'm not, I'm not sure when the exams are. But if you guys...
1: Sometime around there. We'll make time for it.
0: <laughs> come to it. It's, 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 you will now you will be exposed to all these topics, what we were speaking about, right? And yeah. you guys will have the opportunity to meet a lot of dentists there. If anyone's looking for jobs or anything like that. So anyway, that's the entrepreneurs. Um, I'm excited about this group. I'm more excited about what I'm bringing now moving forward from here there's some serious stuff coming here and uh um if you're not there you're not there <laughs>
1: I think that that works really well, and we'll, we'll we'll put all the links to the to the Facebook group and everything in our show notes so that, that people know where to go to. But I think that's a really nice, you know, actionable step for people as well because we talked a lot about you know meeting people, networking, and I think a lot of our listeners will be like, okay, okay, you guys have talked about it, but where do I go to actually start? And I feel like this would be like you know one foot into the door. And thank you, you know, thank you, Dr. Kina for being very generous and you know telling us about it, inviting us to join the group. So for any of our listeners that are interested. That's one way to to go. You've mentioned a lot about books and how they've been your greatest mentors, your greatest teachers, and it's something that I've you know probably in more recent years, um, only just getting into into reading. But I kind of you know let's have a little bit of a book club or book study session. Doctor Kina, what books? Tell me what books have been the biggest mentors for you in your life?
0: I call them the the army of mentors, right? Um, Yeah, sitting on the. Shoulders of big giants when you read these books, right? Um, mm-hmm. But again, you know, um, it, it's simple. Like, for example, um, even simply, just my book, I spew mm-hmm. everything in there how I built a multi million dollar practice and how you can duplicate it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know exactly the steps. Yeah, you may have to investigate what step, but it's it's there. So, and anyone who, who has got Half a brain running a dental practice needs to run the, read this. It's very simple. because you know, it's, and, and the best part about books is what? 20 bucks or whatever, 15 bucks, we can get this much knowledge, right? Um, yeah. So I, that's why I love books because it's affordable, they're out there, and you can gain a lot of knowledge from there. You ask me what books have I read. That's, where do I start? I mean, <laughs> my, my last year's goal was 60 books and I managed to read 48. So I didn't meet oh my, my goals. Uh, so a, many
1: there
0: yeah, but so many and and that's why I say people people find that I'm obsessed about reading it, but that's what what it takes to successful that it's what it takes to build empires, build businesses, think about ideas, be curious, open up new stuff right um, this year this year's financial goal is again sixty. I've kept it at sixty um, and right now we are end of uh, July and I'm on my third book right now, right okay. um, but again, if you will to ask me which one, the classic books, the classic books, one of them is definitely, these are the must books to read, right? One of them is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's a must mm-hmm. read. Um, the other one is um, Influence uh, the Psychology of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, that's a good book to read. Uh, the Richest Man in Babylon by George someone, I can't remember the I forgot his second name. Another great book to read, Barbarians at the Gate, that's another good one to read. Uh start with why? Simon Sinek. Another great book to read. Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Another great yes. book to read. Um I can go on. But I guess <laughs> there, there, yes. there is no one book that has shaped me. Right? You know, people ask me that Kina, can, can, can you share me one book that is the best to read? I said, Yeah, here, read my book. Right. <laughs> As a joke. But I I but but I, I said there is no one book. Because there's so much inform—not uh, information. There's so much skills, like communication skills. Even inside the communication skills, you have what we call language skills, hypnotic skills, non-verbal skills, but body language, right? Mm-hmm. So I I also teach body language and something called micro expressions. So I can read people's micro expressions as well. Uh, also, what we call facial reading techniques, right? Rapid profile training. These are advanced techniques. So, but can you believe all that falls under communication? So, just under communication, there's about fifteen hundred books to read. But the point I'm trying to make is that leaders are readers. The more you learn, the more you earn, the more value you can bring to the marketplace. Um, and if if anyone were to, if I were to pinpoint one thing in my life that has really led to the current success I have, is reading. Is mm-hmm. reading books. It, it, I would put into that one thing right? Yeah. Uh, because that one thing has taught me, is, it has opened me to a lot of other chapters of my life, right? So mm-hmm. biggest takeaway for this point, each and every one of you spend 15 minutes reading every day. That's it. That's all it takes, 15, 20 minutes reading, right? You start with that, eventually you'll do 30 minutes to an hour, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's non-clinical stuff, right? There'll be a point where you guys will also still be reading some clinical stuff, right? But at least dedicate 15, 20 minutes reading non-clinical stuff, a chapter a day. That doesn't take that long. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee, I guarantee you, people who will do that, super successful.
1: It's interesting. It's interesting because I know that growing up when I was younger, I used to read a lot. I used to read fiction novels, but my you know, nose would be glued between the pages. But then I feel like as I grew up and you know, throughout teenage years, uni years, I lost that love for books and now it's just the phone and it's just scrolling and I feel like if anything it almost led and I've spoken to a lot of my friends about it as well where we lose that ability to focus where so like our attention we have such a short attention span and that need for instant gratification that it's so much easier to watch a video while scrolling than to sit down and read books but literally just the other day I was listening to someone um, and they mentioned how you know just substituting your morning commute on the train instead of you know listening to music for 20 minutes just pick up a book and read um instead do you have any tips for reading
0: yeah put the phone away
1: <laughs> number one put number the phone
0: one, one hundred percent i mean the biggest yeah. distraction all of us have is the mm-hmm. phone is your facebook is your instagram is your tiktok right yeah it's the biggest distraction and and if i'm reading and if i have my phone next to me in 10 minutes i will want to Check my phone. Yeah. Even I'm like that. Even i even a seasoned reader like me, right? Mm-hmm. So what I do now is that I t- tell myself I'm going to read for thirty minutes. I literally isolate myself. I put my phone away, and I and, and I, I I cut the fat. I cut the distractions, mm-hmm. right? So once you cut the fat, you cut the distractions. You can read. You can you you, yeah. you you can focus. So tip number one: get rid of the fat. Get rid of the distractions. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tip number two. Most people feel overwhelmed, reading really, because they, yeah. si- they said, oh, my God, I have to read one hour. No, you don't. Fifteen yeah. Kinar says 15 to 20 minutes a day. You don't have an excuse now. If you can't read for 15 to 20 minutes, if, if you tell me you, you can't read for 15 to 20 minutes, I will tell you that you're not suitable for success, right? Because it will take that much time. Right? 15 to 20 minutes of reading. Start with that. So I think the second tip is make your goals smaller. Don't make them big ones. 15 to 20 minutes. Now, the third tip, make your car a university. Right? So again, for me to commute to my place of work, it's about 35 minutes. Out of which 20 to 25 minutes, I will listen to something, a podcast or something on YouTube. There's so many phenomenal speakers on every subject out there, marketing, leadership, communication, whatever you want, body language, uh, the art of public speaking, anything you want. They're all speakers out there. And a lot of these are 15, 20 minutes long. So you you reach your workplace more smarter than you left home. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Yeah and but the reason I only do 20 25 minutes is because I still want to listen to music you gotta still <laughs> you got to smash some music the live five minutes of the of your ride right so again yeah. you, be lenient to yourself you don't have to listen all way time yourself like for me i know that when i get hit the anzac bridge when i go to the city that's when i my music starts so i'm getting pumped for the day right but before that it's a good 20 25 minutes of reading uh listening yeah. sorry, listening so uh currently kina listens to about half an hour to 40 minutes every day and reads at least close to an hour every day, 40 minutes to an hour every day. That's, that's my current habit. So there's a one and a half hours, up to two hours of study every day. Mm-hmm. People think that's a bit mental, but that, allowed, that, has got to, that has got me where I've got to right now, right? That's allowed me to sharpen my perspective, right, about different yeah. subjects in life right? But none of you have to do that. Start with 15, 20 minutes. Eventually, you'll reach half an hour. Eventually, you'll feed your own wolf, and, and that's it.
1: And do you ever feel like when you're reading, because I think sometimes for me, it's like, oh, it's, you've, you're learning so much valuable insight from these pages, but then perhaps like a week later, it's like, oh, it, it goes, in. it kind of, well, I can't say it goes in one ear out the other because I don't know what's the equivalent with your eyes <laughs> when you're reading. But how do you retain that information? Like, Are you someone that you know, annotates or highlights? Do you then sit down to talk to someone about it? Do you journal with it? How do you retain the information that you've read or listened to?
0: You, you've got you've you've articulated it really well. You, you saw some of these questions you're answering them <laughs> yourselves, which is fantastic. Yeah. I'm I'm really uh, I'm re- I'm really proud that you're saying all these things, which is what you say <laughs> first, which is yeah. journal it or highlight it. So for me, yeah. remember my my fashion of reading is on Kindle. Right, so oh, yeah. I download from Amazon. It's not a physical book because Kindle. I can. It's it's a vault of it's a vault of books I carry. Right, mm-hmm. uh, so I have it. And in Kindle, you can highlight as well. But if you're a physical book, I highlight. But more than highlighting, I actually have my notes section on my iPhone, where every book I read will have uh, will have a summary of points. Now, again, back in the day, I used to make big summaries. Right now, I'm literally for every page I read, every page. Not more than one or two lines. That's it. So if I read 10 pages, I'll have 10 to 20 points. That's it. 10 to 20 nuggets of information. So, or if I read a chapter, every chapter will have five nuggets or seven nuggets of it. So I literally have those nuggets in my phone so that I can now, what you just, the second thing you said is that I can talk about it to others. Remember when you teach and preach you absorb that information more to yourself. So I definitely find a way to discuss it with someone, which is, again, that proximity of five people come around, Mm -hmm. right? So you have dinner meetups, you have social meetups, where you're still having a glass of wine and you're talking these exciting topics, right? Like in our meetups, we don't talk about people. We're always talking about ideas. We're talking about the information we've learned. And more importantly, remember, knowledge is not power. You still got to put the action into it. So... Mm -hmm. You always think about something I've learned, where can I apply it? you got to think about that so, and write that down in your notes. Okay, I can apply it here. I can apply it here. So I think you summarize that point really well. Like highlight, <laughs> take notes and okay. share with people and take action.
1: Yeah, wonderful. No, I think it's interesting, just interesting to hear different people's like reading habits. And this is only something that I'm trying to figure out as well, because I know that in the past, I've read a book or listened to a book and very much it's like maybe taken away only one or two key points. But I'm wondering, like, there is so much more valuable information in this book. How do I gain more out of it? So I like the tips that you've shared and even just making a a note per per page or per chapter. I think it's a really good way to do
0: it. I, I used to get carried away writing Three, four, five <laughs> lines. And then I realized yeah. that my speed of reading becomes slow because I'm still writing yeah. the-
1: you're too hyper-fixated on yeah, it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So rather just now the goal is to get as much information as fast as possible and then to apply it as fast as possible,
1: right? Yeah, action
0: is key. Action it's- is key.
1: Love that. Well, Dr. Kina, this has been such a enjoyable conversation. We've touched on a lot of different topics. I kind of want to wrap it up now because I know you've you've had a, a long evening. But the final question we always ask our our guests when they come onto the show is that you know we're on a platform where we're very fortunate to reach a lot of new grads and a lot of students, people earlier on in their career who are curious and who well, are you know eager to learn. If you could share one piece of advice with anyone out there that's listening, or you know, even if you could look back twenty you know twenty odd years ago to when and you were in the same position. If you could share one piece of advice, what would that be?
0: Buy crypto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that's, coming a bit out of the That's probably you. the advice I would have given 20 years ago, right? Um, <laughs> no, um, bring humor and joy into your life. Right? Humor is important. Like, like, you know, at the end of the day, we still want to laugh and have a good, good time. You know, all one of one of the things I love about this kind of podcast, someone coming from you, you make it entertaining. It's not really too serious. Like de- you will dentistry is a very serious profession. Like you'll yeah. notice even when you go out there in seminars, people will be very serious, right? Um, which is why one of the other reasons why I wanted to start Dentepreneurs. Because she just wanted to bring like-minded people who wanted to have fun. I mean, part of this thing is that we have a, a CPD session during the morning and the afternoon, and then everyone's partying at night, right? So keep it live, keep it alive, right? So three tips I'm going to give away. Number one, keep bringing humor and joy and passion into your life, right? So find out. Remember, I said the purpose of life is to live as fulfilled as you can on a daily basis, And the word fulfillment means as much joy and happiness you can bring into your life. And you need to ask the question, what really brings joy and happiness in my life? It could be a certain procedure. It could be running a practice. It could be exploring different uh, business opportunities apart from dentistry. It could be discovering more of you because the last five years you guys have spent is in a dental room and everything dental right? But there are other things in this world apart from dental, right? So find out what drives you and live that life, right? So that's number one. Uh, Number two, really, really become great at inspiring, influencing and impacting people. I cannot say that secondary at all. If I knew that 20 years ago, um, my God, my journey would have been accelerated, right? Because everything you do around you requires you to Inspire people to take action. That's it. Everything, everything. Everything, if you think about it. Even if you, if I want my kids to have broccoli, I need to inspire them to have broccoli. You know what I mean? That skill <laughs> yeah. is super important. So learn that communication skill fast. Uh, tip number three, um, learn how to process the issue. So this is a big one. Let me tell you what that means, process the issue. For example, imagine you're a practice owner. And you know one of the requirements is that to grow the practice, you need more patients. So I need you to start processing the issues. And Hang on. So if I need new patients, um, what kind of patients do I want? Maybe I want more general dental patients. General dental may want. So I want people with broken teeth, emergency wisdom teeth, uh, people who are looking for just general care. If I want that kind of uh, patients, what kind of marketing strategies do I need to do? Who do I need to speak to regarding this? What kind of Facebook ads do I need to do? That's what we call process the issue. So you guys become very good at solving problems. So, process the issue slash solving problems. And the way to do that is become very good at asking questions. In your mind, in your mind, if I want to become a great speaker, what do I need to do? Do I need to learn about public speaking? Do I need to learn about body language? What institutes can I join? Can I join uh, maybe Toastmasters? Can I join and, uh, can I go and learn from Kina? Can I go and learn from someone else? What books do I need to read on this to become really good at it? So, come process the issue, right? Um, and I think the last takeaway, last takeaway would be wherever you guys go in life and you graduate, never forget the biggest satisfaction you will have is in growth and contribution. So keep growing yourselves, keep, bring out the best of the best of the best of yourself, right? There's so much in you guys and you'll keep exploring, be curious, keep exploring, right? And keep contributing. The real successful people will be fulfilled contributing to society a lot. Um, and that's probably the last takeaway um, from me saying that you guys go smashing.
1: That's wonderful. We asked for one tip, we got four, so we, we won out with that one. Dr. Kina, those are wonderful tips. Thank you so much for such an enjoyable conversation.
0: Thank you, thank you, Rika. I mean, I really had a pleasure of sharing this value from uh, to you guys. Um, and once again, just reach out anytime you guys need any help. I'm always available. If not, don't ever expect me to be on time with my availability, but I'm always <laughs> there helping people around. So, um, and keep doing this. Um, uh, like you, what, whatever you're doing, this is contribution. This is what we spoke about, right? Um, and you're yeah. a fascinating mm-hmm. interviewer, and I just wanted to say that I really appreciated this. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully, the listeners had fun listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, driving from a to b
1: (laughs) well hopefully thank you so much
3: thank you so much for listening to the dental head start podcast i genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist So, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.